connection you just made. We're about, to, uh, we're about to celebrate the baptism of one who's made that declaration. But before we do, I want you all to bow. I want you all to just bow your heads. I want you to think about your own baptism. Go back to that day. Go back to that moment. The specialness of it, the sobriety of it. As you think about your baptism, think about Jesus' giving of his life. And how this pictures that, and images that. Lord, as we embark upon the baptismal waters, we come remembering you. The firm foundation that you laid for our lives. Just twofold, Lord. First of all, you, you did for us what we could not do. Our, our hope, our salvation the gift of the Spirit, forgiveness, all these things that we found our faith upon, they are solid because of what you did on the cross and through the resurrection. They're assured because you are seated at the right hand of the Father today. We not only remember, Lord, what you've done, we remember that it is our call. It's our call each and every day to as it were, put off the old, raise up the new. We have a new life in Christ Jesus. A new life given to us by God. A new life empowered by the Spirit. Authorized, legitimized by your Spirit, Lord. Might we walk as you called us to walk. And we come celebrating we celebrate my dear brother JT. Lord, we're thankful for him. He's a gift to our ministry. We're thankful for him taking this step of obedience. Uh, surely, Lord, uh, he's lived out his testimony. That his trust is in you. And this is just another profession. Another way in which he professes and proclaims. Jesus. And the Jesus way. Are his hope. For living in this world. God I pray and I ask your blessings. Upon our time. At the baptismal water. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. JT, my brother. How are you doing? Good. Well, could you smile for me, please? <laughs> I love this young man right here so very much.
It was a couple of years ago that JT put his faith and his trust in Jesus. And he's lived according to his faith, has he not? He's served faithfully in our church. His character has been revealed that of the character of Christ. Willing to lay down his life. Willing to sacrifice time, energy, video games, <laughs> sports. No sports. Swimming. Swimming. This young man, just so you all know, uh, it's summer, so it's a little bit more free. But usually during the school year, they do their band practice on Tuesday nights. So he goes to school, does his extracurriculars there. Uh, has lessons uh, for learning the drums because uh, one day uh, we'll have two sets of drums up here. One will be elevated and spinning and the other one stationary. <laughs> be very awesome. And then after all that and after his parents have a long day of work they gather here to practice so that we can gather on Sunday and have beautiful worship music. I love you, man. I'm thankful for your sacrifice. Uh, I see your faith is in Jesus. But today, as you step into these baptismal waters, why are you stepping into these waters? Because he told me to. And a good disciple does what Jesus tells him to. Right? Amen. You're following Jesus today. Right? And this is a publicly announcing to everybody that he is your Lord. He's your Savior. He's your hope. And his way is your way. Amen? Are you ready to get in there? It's warm, as Brother Ron said. <laughs> I told Anna, I was like, you're going to be jealous because she was frigid. And uh, these are warm waters. Here you go. You can go ahead and step right on down in. You go ahead. I'll move that and you sit down. We have a plastic stool in here that we put a brick on, so let's slide this out a little bit. There's a cold spot. All right, put your feet under in there. JT, my brother. Little brother in years, but a big brother in many ways. A character fortitude that you show. Upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and in obedience to our Lord's command, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Buried with him in the likeness of his death. Raised to walk in newness of life. Just like Jesus was baptized. Amen. Y'all celebrate him one more time. Amen? Amen. Oh God, he's good, isn't he not? So good. Put that brick back on there. That will drive me crazy if not. Let's do this. Let's bow before the Father one more time this morning. 
God, we, we thank you. We celebrate not only JT and his family and their faithfulness. We celebrate you, God. Because they know to walk this way because you've shown the way. You've shown the way through your son. And you've given authority and power to us to, to live the way through your spirit. Might we continue to celebrate you and continue to celebrate JT. Not only today, uh, but throughout his, throughout his life as a disciple. May we be the church who walks with him faithfully. As we come to a time where we are going to consider your word, we pray for your, your grace and your peace about us today. Lord, I pray and I ask that you would Give me clarity of speech, soundness of mind, as I proclaim your word. Might we all be ready recipients, not only to hear your word, to acknowledge it, but Lord, to put it into practice in our lives each and every day, or to keep it in practice in our lives each and every day. Uh, God, uh, today, although it started out with feedback, and although there are always technical difficulties. Your spirit is not bound. And we thank you for that. We offer this time to you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. So, I was filling the baptistry on Friday. And uh, if y'all don't know what that entails, uh, because we have this fancy system, it requires a garden hose. To be, uh, to be affixed in my bathroom back there. And, uh, and that is a, um, that's a treacherous place, that bathroom back there. Uh, Sam can attest. He, uh, you know, he came up this week and we were reading through 1 Corinthians together. And he was like, um, needed to use the facilities. And he was just scoffing at me. He's like, you are a, you're filthy. Um, and I was like, no, it's just the bathroom's old, I promise you. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's besides the point and a stupid image for y'all to have in y'all's mind as we get going today. But, uh, here we go. I was filling the baptistry, had the water hose going, uh, it was very, um, very fine system that we have. And, uh, huh? It gets the job done. I love it. Listen, I, I think if we, if we ever, you know, if we ever had to move to a new building, uh, I think it should just be standard operation practices for Friends of Baptist Church that there's never a baptistry that doesn't look like a galvanized uh, tub. Now, I might change my mind whenever we're actually designing a building, but, uh, but, but for now, I think this is just such, a, such an icon of our church. It's uh, become a sacred trowel, if you will. Um, filling up the baptistry, I, I, I feel the call from my buddy Matt. And it's important that I talk to Max because Max has a little boy who's three months old. His little boy just had kidney surgery on Wednesday. And uh, wanted to check in with Max and uh, received his call back and um, went into my office, sat down, and, uh, and got the necessary 
information. How's Ian doing? He tells me. How are you doing, my friend? He tells me. We spend time praying together. Even though it's a hard conversation because of the circumstances, I feel, I feel refreshed after talking to my brother, after praying with him. I get up, and I'm like, I'm going to go down the street and get me a, a nice cold Topo Chico. Put my hand on the door, the exterior door to my office, and then I go, the baptistry. And I made a mad dash back into the sanctuary, and I discovered this. <laughs> now, if you can see, the water's a little bit higher there in that picture than it is here. And if you can see, we were near catastrophe. Uh, could y'all imagine? We would have had, uh, we would have had bare floors this morning. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a joke? That's just, I'm the only one who thought that was a joke? Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, Mimi would not be happy with me. Okay, what's going on over here? What was this? Okay. All right, I invite this upon myself so I can handle it. Of course, I'm immediately... Relieved, caught it just in time, thankful, and then I just feel dumb, foolish, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and uh, I, I, I send a picture to Max, I'm like, oh my goodness, look what happened while we were on the phone together, send a picture to Brother Mitch, and Brother Mitch gets humor out of it, and he's like, but really, thank the Lord, I'm like, I know, I'm with you, brother, sincerely. This this picture that you see up there, like it was like a, a an image for me just to kind of think about my foolishness. Sometimes, sometimes I just forget, and you know what could have happened. And I've shown it to people, and we've laughed about it, uh, celebrated God's merciful hand of holding the waters down. But this morning, as I look at this picture, uh, an, this image provides me another word, another word other than fool or idiot or dum-dum, those things that I often call myself. And the word simply is abundance. Maybe you see it, maybe you don't. But for you to understand that word, you have to understand a little bit more context. See, several weeks ago, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they used the expression, I'm drained. You felt that way before, no doubt. Drained of energy, vitality, drained of time. Sometimes not just drained of those things but those things can also drain us of patience drain us of kindness drain us of peace compassion 
we, we all have these things that drain us too, right? Our jobs and the rigors of work drain you. The neediness of your children drains you. Any number of variables, sometimes you get drained watching the evening news. <sighs> Brother Ron mentioned, you know, here's COVID and concerns again. We're all drained. We're drained of the fear and the concern and the sorrow that we have for those who are suffering. And surely some suffer more than others. Just like any virus, any sickness, it's going to affect different people differently. We're drained of the hostility, the division over protocols, masks, vaccines. So as I was having this conversation with this person and the word drained came out, the Lord offered another consideration. The, the Lord offered drained or poured out. See, if you think about that, that's just a difference of perspective, right? It's just, it's just either, I mean, think about these questions here. You can put up that next slide, Brother Mike. It's, are we drained or we poured? Has something been taken from us or did we give it? Was it seized from us or was it offered? So, it's just a different of, difference of perspective and and you and I know Romans 12.1 is a great, great marching order for us. You and, my, you, you and I, my brothers and sisters, we, we, we are begged and pleaded by the Apostle Paul. And by the mercies of God. To present ourselves present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy sacrifices, acceptable sacrifices unto our Lord. And th this, is just, this is just reasonable service, right? This just makes sense given what Jesus has done for us. And as I was having that conversation the word drained came out, and the Lord offers this other perspective. Well, is it drained or is it poured out? Really, something kind of became more clear to me in that moment. See, sometimes I think we look at Romans 12.1, and we think Romans 12.1 is like, hey, I'm either going to give, give of myself or I'm not going to give of myself. And that can be true. That can be the case. You and I sometimes have a choice to make. Oh, I don't want to go help them. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it today. Nope. Mm-mm. Uh, nope, not getting up and getting a snack for the kid, right? You know, not, uh, you know, I'm not going to do anything more than is, uh, th than I've done already. 
I've given enough. Sometimes we do make that decision. But, but really what I think is, 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 is especially as disciples of Christ, I, and, I, and I know your lives. I think if it, if it comes down to give or not give, you give. You give to your work. The time, the energy, the effort, the skill, the excellence that they not only ask of you, but that is expected in, in, in our culture's workplace. You give when your family needs you. You give the compassion that others, that others are, 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 are hungry for. Whenever the church calls upon you to volunteer and to serve, you give. And sometimes it's like you, you have that choice. Sometimes you, you make that choice. And then really also, think about it this way. A lot of times in life, it's just the reality. If you're going to work with and relate to God and other people, something's going to be required of you. And so if you think about it in that, in, in, in that construct, the issue isn't merely, are you going to give or not give, but are you going to consider it a gift Or something that has been taken from you? Are you going to pour it out as an offering? Or are you going to just be drained? Now, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I think JT said it well. Why are you getting baptized? Jesus told me to. He tells us to do something as disciples, as faithful disciples. We're supposed to do it. Right? So. So I have no problem. I have no problem. With us going, I'm going to offer it because Jesus told me to. But I do have a question. What makes me afraid of offering? In the process of the conversation a few weeks ago, some other questions came to mind. Are my resources scarce or abundant? Limited or unlimited? See, if my resources are scarce, I'm going to hold on to them. If my time is scarce, I can't give it. Or sometimes I can offer it, and sometimes it's taken from me, truth be told, right? 
if my resources are limited. My energy is limited. Think about Jesus. He gets to Samaria. And they've been traveling. And you and I get tired from traveling in a car. But they were traveling by foot. And he comes to the well. And he sits down. Because he's tired. And his disciples run into the city to get some food, which indicates another situation. I know, I know it's reading between the lines because they don't explicitly tell you, but I bet they went to get some food because they were hungry. And here comes this woman. And though he's tired and hungry, Jesus knows she needs living water. And what does he say of the water that he would provide her? It would become a spring of water. An abundant source of water. So that she would never go thirsty. Uh, this last week, Vida Zoe, uh, that's the uh, Spanish-speaking ministry that meets here. One o'clock on Sunday afternoons. On Thursday mornings, they are in here practicing, rehearsing for their Sunday worship. And let me just tell you, they, they get after it. It is loud. Brother Mitch it comes to me sometimes. He goes, I don't know how you can concentrate. He goes, that music is just pumping in there. And uh, on uh, Thursday afternoon, they started playing one of my very favorite songs with the king of my heart. Uh, Be the one to whom I run is the, 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 the thought process of this song, but the lyrics escaped me, right? But the, the, uh, the, uh, the bridge says, you're never going to let, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. And uh, they were speaking, singing it in Spanish, and I came out here, and I was speaking in tongues. And what I mean by that is I was speaking in English. It was tongues to them. I just had a great old time worshiping. And they did something I've never heard done with the song. After they refrained the bridge, you're never going to let, you're never going to let me down. They got to this place where they said, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Now, I sing this as a kid going to Camp Mohawk. And we sing it as a funny praise and worship song. Because we would spring up, oh well, goosh, 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 into my soul. Spring up, oh well, splish, splash, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and then we would all go, whoosh. And the goal was, you'd knock everybody on your road out. <laughs> and give to me that life abundantly. But they weren't singing it like that. They were singing, I've got a river of life 
flowing out of me. Because he's never going to let, he's never going to let, he's never going to let us down. So, today we baptize. And baptism, as Paul artfully and beautifully articulates in Romans chapter number 6, is our identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And if we're going to identify with him, then we know Jesus didn't have his life taken from him. But he offered his life. And Jesus could do that because he knew that the life that was from the Father was abundant, unlimited supply of life. And he wasn't going to trust in what, 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 what we could know and what he was going to reveal to us was, this is all not the only life that you have on offer. So as I think about those waters nearly overflowing, but coming just short, I thought that's a great image. It's a great image. That there's an abundance of water for you and I to each and every day refresh ourselves, as it were, in the waters of baptism. I'm with Brother Ron. I'm glad that we don't have to do it every time we turn around. Literally. But Paul wanted to return to this image. And he wants us to return to this image. Anytime we feel like, like there's not enough. There's plenty. Not only are we baptizing today, we're going to partake in the Lord's table. As this, this image of an abundantly full galvanized baptistry settled in my head and my heart. Psalm 23 came to mind. The first part of the psalm, Jesus, God, is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yeah, even, even if it's not green pastures and still waters, even if it's the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But then the image turns. And I'm just going to tell you, scholars and commentators are not agreed 100% on this. There's a lot of uh, uh, consideration. But it does seem like the image turns from that of a shepherd. And I think to use an image that Jesus offered us to the image of a good father. Preparing a banquet for his wayward son who was lost and is now found. Who was dead and who is now alive. Because in verse number five, it says, you prepare a table before me, in front of me, in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only do we have an abundant supply of water, to be refreshed in our baptism each and every day, we have a table that is ever set before us. Are we tracking? The meal is always there. It's always ready for us to return and eat and know that the bread never runs out. The wine never runs out. His body His body never stops working for us. His blood never stops nourishing us. We have an abundant resource so that things don't have to be drained of us or taken from us. Or seized from us. But so that you and I, my brothers and my sisters, we can, as Jesus called us to, take up our cross each and every day. We can, by the exhortation and pleading of Paul, in consideration of the great mercies of our God. We can present our bodies, offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And this is holy. It's sanctified. It's set apart. It's devoted to God. It's acceptable to him. So this morning, as we partake of the elements, in just a moment, I want us to consider 
We have an abundant supply of the grace that we need. The strength we need. The courage we need. So that each day we are not stolen from, but we are given up. We are not drained out, but we are poured out. Our stuff is not seized, but it is offered. And with that, I say amen. Let me invite you to do this. Our children are coming in. I'm going to invite Brother Mitch to come to the piano. And I want us just to take a moment of reflection before we partake of these elements together. Reflect upon the word. Did you this week feel drained and not as though you were offering? And the Lord is encouraging you today. Maybe you need to come before him and say, Lord, please forgive me. Lord, strengthen me. Did you this week forget that there's an abundant supply? And the supply is not only for you, but the supply runs through you. And maybe you come before the Lord and say, thank you for reminding me about the abundant supply. Whatever the Lord might have spoken to you, let's talk to God about that. And then we will all partake together. Because this is a fellowship meal. Brother Mitch. Lord God, I come to you right now. I lift up the prayers of my brothers and my sisters. I lift up this time that we have together. I pray that as we partake of these elements, we would do so gratefully, Lord. 
We will also do, we will also partake, hopefully, Lord. Because this bread never runs out and this cup never runs dry. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for your abundant supply. An abundant supply of forgiveness each and every day. An abundant supply of wisdom and truth. An abundant supply of strength. An abundant supply of patience, of peace, of gentleness, of goodness, of kindness, of meekness, of long-suffering. Thank you for your abundant supply. We pray these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. On the night that Jesus instituted the first supper, he instructed his disciples to take the bread and to eat it in remembrance of him. Let us eat the bread. And then Jesus took the cup in like manner. He said to do in remembrance of him, but he added that this is the New Testament, the new covenant that he has cut with us. Let's drink in remembrance of him. Scripture says that they sang a hymn and then they left. So our praise team is coming back. And we're going to sing one more song together. And we'll go. And as we go, may we go trusting in the abundant supply of our Heavenly Father.